0: And welcome to New Time Religion, a podcast featuring Dr. Andy Root, with me, Derek Tronsgaard. So a lot of our episodes lately have been circling around these big thinkers like Charles Taylor and Hartmut Rosa, and they in turn have really influenced Andy lately in his own work. And one of the big concepts that Andy has been talking about lately is resonance. It's Hartmut Rosa's idea that the world is constantly speeding up. That Western society has this need and this desire to do more and more and produce more and more and be more and more. And life keeps getting faster and faster. But along the way, you start to lose yourself. You get tired and burned out and you crash because this pace of life is unsustainable. The antidote, though, that Hartmut Rosa says to this is resonance. It's those breakthrough moments where your heart feels full and the world speaks to you again. It's where you're deeply rooted and connected with life and beauty, and it's this space where things slow down and we start to savor the depth and mystery of relationships. And that's what Andy's really been pushing for in the church. He's been arguing lately that we get caught up in this speed game. And so we make our churches relevant to compete for people's time and attention. But when we do that, we start to crash and even burn out. And so instead, Andy says, the church should be helping people to find the connection of resonance. And so on this week's episode, I wanted Andy to dive into this again, but from a different angle. Because it's one thing to talk about this on a philosophical level, but I think it's another thing to share it personally through story. And so when we were recording, I simply asked Andy to share a time from his own life where he experienced this resonance. And the result was this fantastic story from a trip that his family took to Hawaii. And it's really this beautiful anecdote that shows the power of resonance in our own lives. And I'm really excited for all of you to hear it, too. One quick note before we begin, there is one part of the story where we have a little salty language. It kind of makes the story, but I wanted to put that out there first in case you have kids in the car or you're playing this at a church function or something. But yeah, it really makes the story, and so we left it in there. Anyway, without further ado, and on to the question of what resonance looks like, here's Andy.
1: Yeah. So let me try this and this will maybe push us forward a little bit. Um, I've been thinking about this and thinking about kind of doing this with a group of people or a a class like this gives you a little inside uh, view of maybe how I spend my time not being able to fall asleep at night. But I, you know, I, it's one thing to write, to write and I, you know, it's, it's something that I find torturous, but really beautiful. And I like doing, I like the discipline of it. But then when you try to form it for a group of people it's a completely different dynamic and you know i I start to think more in like the the frame of stand-up comedy and like what are the bits that that could work together and then how could i tie those bits together and how could there be a through line you know and it's a little bit i have the advantage over a stand-up because I'm, i'm trying to make like a larger point like what does it mean to do faith formation in a secular age but still trying to think of like how bits play and so i've been thinking of this as a bit that maybe gets into resonance or a, a way to do this but i don't know if this will this will work so but this is a true story so i i've imagined and it would ask the 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 listener to to try this if i was to say to you like spend a moment in just access beauty like how and i when i say access i mean like think of if you were to imaginatively put yourself in an experience that is kind of unequivocally for you beautiful or is soaked with beauty or is beautiful, like how would you get yourself there mentally? Like what would you, what would you do? And I think to myself, like, how do I access beauty? Which, again, you know, like, sidebar to this, this is a huge theological question. It's been less so within the Western Christian tradition as it, it's been a more central question in the Eastern tradition, where beauty is so much embedded within the very being and nature of God as beautiful, where we get something kind of different and more Latin forms of of, of a Christianity, but it's still Pretty central there, um, how we think of beauty. So, if I was to try to access beauty, this is what I would do. I mean, we were um, is I would think of I would think of something natural. I would think in the in the way I would try to get myself into beauty is I would think of the place that feels fundamentally beautiful to me, which are the Hawaiian Islands, and then I would think back to being in the water in the Big Island. I would think about the Big Island. And then I'd start thinking about this experience that my family had when I was on sabbatical and we went and we did 10 days on the Big Island. And what happened, the backstory to this, and this is all leading up, Derek, I, I see you getting really nervous. This is all leading up to me actually answering your question. Derek never gets nervous. So, um, But so we had this experience, we're on the big island and we decide, I think my kids at this age, you know, they're like, yeah, maybe 16 and, and Maisie's probably, she's what, 14 now. So she's probably 12. And so we decide that we're, there's this, there's this advertisement for swimming with the dolphins that you can, you can get on this boat and you, it was fairly cheap, like 30 bucks a person or something. And you get a half an hour and this boat finds these dolphins and you jump in them and you swim with these kind of wild dolphins. So we signed up to do it. But Maisie had spent so much time in the pool that she got water in her ear and then got an ear infection. And it became pretty bad and we had to take her to the emerg uh, to the urgent care and put her on antibiotics to take care of this uh, to take care of this issue with her ear. Well, that coincided then with our time to go with these dolphins, right? So uh we couldn't go. So I decided to stay back with Maisie, and they wouldn't give us our money back or switch all four of us. But they're like, "Well, two of you could go later." And so we decided we'd go our last day, giving her time to get her ear better. But Kara and Owen needed to go now, um, when we had it planned. And so they went, and it was fine with me. I, you know, Maisie was just l- looking at an iPad in the sand, and I was, you know, reading. And they came back, and Kara, and this is classic Kara, just had. She said it was the most amazing experience ever. Like you're taken out in a boat, and she said, and, and then they, they find this school of dolphins and they race ahead of them, and then they drop you off with a snorkel and you look down and it's just nothing, it's just all blue. You're just surrounded by blue, and then all of a sudden you see these dolphins coming up. It's like it's like the screensaver on your Apple TV, you know, like it, these dolphins. And then she said she had she said it was the most transcendent spiritual experience. She said I started swimming with them, and all of a sudden this dolphin and I were eye to eye, and we had this look and we had this moment and she you know she is a mystic so she kind of like cries and it's just like pure beauty to her right so then she comes back and I'm thinking, well, this is a great experience. Like, and I'm thinking, I can't wait to have it. So Maisie and I go on it. It's the last day. Maisie still doesn't feel well enough, but she also is a major trooper and is ready to do this. She she wants to go. She wants to have this experience. So it's just the two of us. And Maisie already, in this really beautiful way, is clingy and you know, like she like especially in public. She's a little different now that she's 14, but for sure at 12, she loved to hold her hand. And if she's not feeling well, she really is always holding her hand. So we, oh, she's holding my hand all the way out of the boat. We sit with all these other strangers who are doing this. She's holding my hand the whole time. And Kara and I will sometimes like roll our eyes and get annoyed like, my hand is raw. Like this child, I could not get away from her. She was just holding, holding my hand the whole time. So we get out and they, they race around in the boat trying to find these dolphins. They find them, they tell us to get ready. We jump in the water and you know, like I have my iPhone in a like in a sleeve so I can take video of this, you know, for our family slideshow. And we're all we're ready and of course she Maisie will not let me go. Like we don't even get to like swim together. I have to hold her hand the the whole time, right? So the dolphins come and it becomes the very opposite experience of uh that I'm having than Kara had. So I do the same thing where with Maisie, like trailing Maisie behind trying to hold her hand, I try to swim up to this dolphin and we swim. And I have this moment with this dolphin where we catch eyes. But what this dolphin does, and this is, I am not exaggerating this to you people. This dolphin looks at me and then he dives down below and he's and I'm above him and he's probably like six feet below me. He lifts up his tail and takes a huge shit. And it just all goes right up <laughs> into me. So the very opposite experience, right? So, uh, but we get back on this boat and the whole time as we're, we're driving back, it was great. I mean, it was still was a, a beautiful experience, but I got shit on and car got a mystical experience. And um, but you ask me then, like, how would I access beauty? What is beautiful to me? In some sense yes it is that blue blue water and in some sense it's those that 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 um the shoreline of those black volcanic rocks but really what is ultimate beauty when i think about it is the tenderness and the suffering of this little 12-year-old girl who's holding my hand with her her mask uh, you know being smushing up her face in this moment that we had together So what I'm trying to get at here is it, it was an experience of resonance for me, but it wasn't like fundamentally – it wasn't like Kara making eye contact with a dolphin. What was ultimately be- beautiful for me or how I would access beauty – and this is like fundamental I think to my theological project – was the encounter of her personhood. Of being with her, of the way that that being together was laced with the sufferings and pains of time, of circumstances, of awkwardness, but also of of utter beauty. the the fragility of that time together was was really beautiful, and it was an experience of resonance that, to me, was a deeper a deeper sense of feeling connected and taken up by being with her in, in the, in that, in that moment, it was more fundamentally beautiful. And I think that is Rose's point that someone could do some really significant theological work, like to think of David uh, Bentley Hart's work on beauty and think of resonance next to it as a, as a kind of uh, a social form of action and how those come together. Um, Because Rose, I think, does think that there is a form of action that connects us so deeply that that's uncontrollable, that is elusive, that is transformational. And um, it is also inherently at at times inherently uh, about suffering, um, but even experiences of suffering can be beautiful and this moment was was filled with as much suffering as it was joy and, and not in the way like hammer on your thumb or pushed into grief but of this uh this fragile moment of the two of us together not quite the epic moment of going eye to eye with a dolphin it was quite the opposite of that but nevertheless the the interconnection the the boundness to one another um the fact that uh, we'll never get that moment again. Like I'm not sure she would she would hold my hand like that again now at 14, and I'm sure, 10 years from now I'll be thinking about that moment, you know. And it, and the impetus of it was, you know, a, a very painful situation for her having an earache, and I'm not sure that she would feel it as an emotively emotionally great time, but it was a time of resonance because there was a deep um, interconnection, and it was a it was a pure gift.
0: New Time Religion is a podcast featuring Dr. Andy Root, produced by me, Derek Tronsgaard. We're just starting our new season, so we can look forward to a bigger batch of episodes coming your way very soon. And if you want some more Andy content in the meantime, you can check out his YouTube channel, where he recently put out some great videos for congregations that break down the bigger ideas of Charles Taylor and Hartmut Rosa and others that we talk about regularly on this podcast. You can also swing over to Amazon and grab Andy's three-part series of books on the secular age. The trilogy is complete. You can also grab all of his other books, pump up those book sales. Uh, But thanks again so much for listening, and we hope you'll join us next time for another round of New Time Religion.